It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of The Hangover. I'm your Steel Curtain Network host, Daniel, alongside with me, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing on this Memorial Day? Uh, I'm doing well. It's uh, It's been raining and flooding all weekend in West Virginia. Now, not where I live, but in the surrounding area. And uh, so it's been a wet, soggy memorial. But I want to wish everybody a happy Memorial Day. And, and thank you to everybody that's serving and everybody that has served and, and uh, we're just blessed uh, here in America. And so hopefully everybody's had a great Memorial Day weekend. For sure. 100%. You know, you know, it's, um, you know, the holiday is for us to remember and honor those that made the, the, you know, the biggest sacrifice while defending our country without them, we wouldn't be able to talk Steelers football. There wouldn't be football to talk about. And so yep. we appreciate what they do. And again, also like you uh, to echo what you stated as well, you know, those that are currently serving, you know, we thank you as well. Um, but with that being said, no news is good news-ish. You know, there's not very much coming out right now. You know, any news that does come out typically isn't news that you want to hear at this portion of the uh, of the year. But um, there was a little bit of big news that came out across this weekend, and it put a lot of people in worry. Matt Canada's playbook was stolen mm-hmm. out of Kenny Pickett's vehicle. You know, it's a very exclusive playbook everybody wants to see you know all three pages of it and so <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on 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 the fact that kenny pickett you know got his vehicle stolen and uh the steelers playbook was in the uh, in the back seat or something like that when i first heard about it, it, it they'd already 
recovered the playbook. So the day that it was stolen, he was doing a podcast downtown and somebody stole his finger. I didn't hear about it till the next day when they done recovered it. So right. I didn't even think it when I heard that the playbook was still in there. I'm like, well, ain't nobody going to want it anyway. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my first thought was Bill Belichick is going, he's pulling out all stops this year. <laughs> try to <laughs> try yep, to figure yep. out what the Steelers are doing. Uh, you know, you know, first and foremost, I'm glad that, you know, everything got cleared up. Person got arrested, justice was served, nobody was injured, things of that nature. Um, you can't leave your key in the, you know, in the car. I'm not sure if that was what happened, but, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit more difficult nowadays to steal vehicles. Then again, it was a Hyundai and there is a TikTok out there for, yeah. you know, kids out there to steal. Them. It's a Genesis. So you expect it to be a little bit higher class and not have those um, issues of being stolen very easily. But yeah, I saw that. I was like, man, this is uh, this is pretty insane. Uh, like I said, fortunately, everybody was OK. Uh, but do you think that playbook was like a hard copy or because I would assume that everything's like on some kind of digital form, you know, computer. Um, and, you know, unless it was one of, you know, Bobby Boucher's playbook from back in the day where yeah. it's written down on a notebook. I don't understand what it's what it's doing out there. Yeah, it's me. I figured it was, you know, digital and. And it was all on all of them have it on their computers or tablets, you know, all the mm-hmm. players. And so, I mean, a playbook, I mean, <laughs> wow. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, Matt Canada inherited that playbook from Bobby Boucher's coach there. Yeah. And, and that's what he had in the car. Maybe, maybe that was just a decoy. So now <laughs> any of the coaches in the division who made copies of it, now they're going to be all off, and, and the Steelers have an advantage. Maybe. Hopefully somebody added some plays. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Only time will tell. Um, you know, it was a crazy situation, but when that's your biggest news over the weekend, that's, that, that could be seen as a good thing. Uh, the Steelers still have one person or one remaining slot available on the 90-man roster. They're sitting at 89. Uh, they signed Marcus Golden, uh, an edge guy. Before we get into him, what are your thoughts on the fact that there's still an open spot? Do you think that they're targeting somebody specifically? Or are they just waiting for you know, maybe perhaps somebody to fall down or fall out and uh, pick up someone? It's, it's I don't understand why they still have the spot open. What are your thoughts, Shannon? Yeah, um, it might just be somebody, say, like a Quan Alexander. You know, they could probably use one more, especially an uh, inside linebacker with coverage ability. And maybe... You know, they know that Quan's like, I'm going to see what offers I might get, you know, before training camp. And and so they haven't been able to come to an agreement, and they're just kind of leaving a spot open if somebody like that decides to sign last minute or, or somebody gets cut somewhere. Of course, they can always, you know, waive somebody uh, and make a, a transaction even if they were at the limit. So I, I'm uh, – I'm like you. I'm not really sure, uh, but seeing how Con and Waddles handled this offseason, I know they've got a plan there. Yeah, I do too. I think so as well. I think they have some sort of plan brewing up. Perhaps maybe it is a um, you know middle linebacker that they're still talking to, you know something to that that effect. Um, but it's still it's still an active spot um, right now. <clears throat> We're here recently, the biggest signing, so to speak, is what I mentioned before, is Marcus Golden. He's an outside guy. 
He played recently with Arizona. He played with uh, J.J. Watts. T.J.'s come out and said some good things about him already. I'm sure they're somewhat familiar. Now, how excited are you for Marcus Golden? Do you think he's just that piece, or do you think he's going to put himself or make himself a role on this defense in this upcoming year? I do know that the outside linebackers tend to take some time off. You know, T.J. Watt kind of has a high motor, and, you know, going at that – you know, high performance level for extended period of times. He also requires extended rest, right? Where he'll be taken out for a couple of plays or a drive or so. And at that point, I think that's when it's really important for Marcus Golden, you know, to come in. So that way there's not that huge of a drop off. But um, what are your thoughts on the acquisition acquisition? What are your thoughts on the player and what he brings to the Steelers? Well, I would start out this comment with if the offense is improved this year, Mm-hmm. which I think it will be with the, all the improvements they've made on the offensive line and the growth of Kenny Pickett, which we're all expecting uh, the addition of Darnell Washington. Uh, again, there's just so much there have so much more talent and another year behind Pat Myers blocking schemes and, and Canada supposedly now he has help, you know, with the passing court game coordinator. If the offense is more productive and they score more, then you're going to be able to play a different defense than they have had to play, playing all these one-score contests, close games. You know, even the 7-2 in the second half of the season was a lot of one-score games. There wasn't any blowouts. If you get a a two-score lead, you could kind of pin years back, and that would make Marquise Golden – even more important because you'd like to keep TJ Watt and High Smith around 70% of the snaps, 70 to 75% in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. Then you could, you know, use Golden because he can play either side. He's done that in his in his past. And he would get plenty of snaps and keep them fresh. And you could do that if they if the offense is more successful this year in the red zone and score more points. So I think that that is part of the plan. Golden is a 260-pound. He could be in a 4-3 in or a edge for a 3-4. And so he will be able to set the edge, which is something that Malik Reed struggled with terribly last season. He was mm-hmm. just too small at 235. He just could not set the edge. He was getting tossed around like a ragdoll. So Golden can set the edge. He is not a great quick twitch athlete. If you look at his RSA scores, he was very pedestrian. But what he does have is he's very strong and he has a great motor and he just keeps battling. He doesn't, you know, give up on a play. Even if he gets run around the arch, he'll swing back in. He He's that type of guy. So I think that he will be able to give quality snaps and relief and depth for the Steelers at the edge. Yeah, for sure. And the fact, you know, here's the thing. I guess the only other downside about him is his age. You know, he's 32 years old. Um, You know, a lot of people are thinking, though, that perhaps maybe. um, And and I believe there was an article written earlier uh, today by Tony Defio talking about Marcus Golden and uh, on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Go check that out and read that article. But in that article, he talks about, 
about his him being a very good, solid outside linebacker and him being 32 years old. That was the same age as Ingram was a couple of years back when the Pittsburgh Steelers signed him. And he thought he was end up being a guy that was good enough to be a starter somewhere. And that ended up being why he ended up leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers. He, he thought he was better than Alex Highsmith. You don't see that maybe playing itself out here with with a gold with a golden where you think that maybe perhaps he's going to think that his performance should be one that uh, would be putting him out there with the starters, so to speak. You don't think we're going to come across Melvin Ingram 2.0, are we? Well, it's funny. If you look back at Melvin Ingram mm-hmm. from his time in Pittsburgh, the Steelers give him another shot. He was out there late in free agency. Nobody wanted him. Right. The Steelers had the need for a, a outside linebacker three. They brought him in, gave him a shot, and he looked productive. He looked because he was playing limited snaps, which is what any player as they advance in age, they want to cut back because they're not going to be quite as spry as they were when they were younger. So limited snaps, they could go all out. And he did. Well, he was traded. And if you really look at his numbers, his numbers since then have been basically, you know, uh, sacks per snap count and all these numbers are basically the same as it was in Pittsburgh. He right. still is not a full-time starter, and he hasn't been anywhere he's went. He still had to rotate in. He might have been the starter, but he wasn't getting a ton of reps, and he wasn't that effective with additional reps. He was more effective with limited reps, and so now he is where he is. I think Golden sees that. I think Golden's at a point that Golden realizes that he is a backup, and to be a backup, he's never had a surrounding cast of talent like he will have in Pittsburgh with T.J. Watt, Highsmith, Hayward, Fitzpatrick. I mean, we just go down the list. He's going to have a lot more talent surrounding him in Pittsburgh than he's ever had with the Arizona Cardinals or the New York Giants. So I think they also know more about Golden, as you said, because J.J. Watt played with him and has only had great things to say about him. So they had some inside information there. So I think they know the personality. I think they know the person. And I think they know he still has something left. He only had two and a half sacks last year. But again, he had 20-some pressures. So that means he got close, but he didn't finish. So with limited snaps and the better surrounding cast, he could really improve on those numbers this year. 100%. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And real quick, while I have everybody's attention, would you guys do us a favor and hit that like button? Let's get that going up there. We're at about 46 people in here. Only got about nine or 10 likes. Let's let's get that going up. Let's get that going up. So week one of OTAs are in the books. You know, we've um, looked at a few things. We There there were some things that I was interested in seeing. One thing that kind of popped off to my, my mind or popped off the screen to me is that no rookies are given the job right off the bat. It appears that Dan Moore is starting at the left tackle position, and it appears that it'll be Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace on the outside for the cornerback position as, you know, Patrick Peterson will be mentoring uh, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, the rest of the guys obviously are going to be, um, you know, weren't expected to be starters or especially, you know, anywhere near this time. Were you surprised by the fact that the Steelers aren't having any of these rookies become starters from OTA day one? Um, as me and you've talked before, Tomlin, and even before Tomlin, the Steelers just do not anoint a rookie as a starter. It just right. you know, it just doesn't happen. Uh, 
Kendrick Green, the reason he was the starter is just they had nothing else. I mean, the cover was totally bare. That was not the plan. That was not what they wanted to happen, but it's just the way that was an odd season with the COVID and the reduced salary cap and everything right. that went with it. But um, I think it's good. I think that before a guy steps foot on even the, the training field for OTAs, he's proven nothing. So you can't just hand a guy a position and say, here you go. These guys, have they, they brought in guys to mentor almost all these young draft picks and let them start out and learn and, and not the pressure of lining up with the first team. We talked, you mentioned Dan Moore. Dan Moore went into the offseason, changed his diet, his workout. I talked for years about how his upper body definition just wasn't there. And he's a, he's a good athlete and he's a very strong young man. But that told me a lot about his condition and his diet. Well, if you looked at him at OTAs, his, his upper body is much more defined. He got rid of that, I call baby fat. And mm-hmm. he is really, he says he really focused. And he even started taking reps on the right side because he's seen the handwriting on the wall when they drafted Broderick Jones. So if there's what you want to see is that competitiveness that's like, okay, I might lose my position. I'm going to fight for it, but I'm willing to do whatever to stay out there on the field. Whereas we've seen Kevin Dotson say, well, they brought in Herbig. They talked to me. Then they signed Samalu, and they haven't said anything else because he can read the writing on the wall. Because you're talking about an all-pro level left guard in Samalu. So, (laughs) but I don't like Dodson's answer. It should be, you know, I'm in there competing for a position. And, you know, he's not doing that. He's basically, I don't want to say he's whining, but he's, he's basically saying, well, I just lost my position. They didn't even talk to me about it. And, you know, there's ways to handle things because there's injuries all the time on the offensive line. And he one snap away from being a starter and having another opportunity to prove himself. Uh, He should have known they wasn't happy with his performance from last year. And to work to show that results that Moore showed with the offseason work he put in, that's what Dotson should have done because he knew his position was – in jeopardy, but I, I don't see it. So it's two different guys on the same line showing one showing how to handle the situation and the other one showing how not to handle the situation. Oh, I agree with you 100%. You know, for, for sure, when it comes to Kevin Dodson, there's a little bit of a Devin Bush feel. You yeah, know, he, yeah. he came out saying, you know, this is there's a business behind it and that he'll still be playing football even if it's somewhere else. And I'm like, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. That's not the approach. That's not the mentality that, you know, Coach T or the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for. You know, Ramon Foster was an undrafted, you know, um, guard out of Tennessee, and he played for a while. And and once he became a starter, I think it was like his second or third year as a starter, the Pittsburgh Steelers ended up drafting a player in his position, you know, very early in in the draft. I think it was like a second rounder. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, But he never, you know, made it onto the field because Ramon Foster didn't give up his job. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, that's the kind of mentality you want, you know, and it's going to build up better competition for you. And you're also going to end up seeing, you know, um, a better team put forth regardless. I mean, at the end of the day, regardless if the Pittsburgh Steelers are drafting a guy, uh, signing a guy or 
picking somebody up off of uh, waiver wire, they're going to put out there whoever is the best talent that's available to them, you know, for and that's going to give the Steelers the best opportunity to win. You know, I think that's one of the main reasons why this team and Coach Tomlin has gone such a long time without having losing seasons or things of that nature because they put, in my opinion, for the most part, the politics behind them and put the best players out there. Now you have every now and then a Kendra Green where they draft in the third round and probably should have been benched well into his rookie season that they allowed him to play a lot further than we would have liked. But at the end of the day, that decision was made and they made the right one. Um, you know, and so for me, when it comes to that, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, the mindset isn't there. And so you have a guy like Chuxikoa for who can play on the right side, who, you know, may not be a, a Pittsburgh Steeler for the long term or the long run. You know, if Dan Moore can transition to that side and show his capabilities there, I mean, he could be your right guard, uh, right tackle for, for years to come. Um, but going back into the, uh, the OTAs, uh, you mentioned Dan Moore um, and his weight transformation and his, um, you know, how he's looking better. Kenny Pickett's another guy that's also bulked up. Is there anybody else that you've, um, you're impressed with up to this point, just kind of entering into camp? Or are those basically the guys that we were all looking forward to seeing? Oh, there's different guys. Um, one guy that, that we talked a little bit before the show is DeMarvin Leal. Because I wrote an article a couple weeks ago. Were they going to ask him to come in around 280 and kind of be that hybrid defensive end slash edge that he was last year? Because he'd mm -hmm. give him reps at both positions. And right. I said, what he looks like when he shows up to training camp but I wasn't even thinking about OTAs, but that's going to tell us a lot. Well, if you look at him, not only the Steelers kind of give us a hint when they signed Marcus Golden, right? that that's going to be, uh, he's going to be there for that third edge. And then they've got Roche and uh, Herbig, which we think Herbig might eventually be an off-ball linebacker, but this first year he's going to be playing predominantly edge. So they have a little depth there now. So I was really interested to see DeMarvin Leal. I didn't see him Monday, but then on Tuesday we got to see. And he is thicker this year. Uh, I'm saying uh, somebody asked him his weight, and I think he said 290. No way. Because he was, he was three last year, and he's heavier. If you look at him, he's thicker uh, in the midsection. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a lack of conditioning, and, and that's why he's saying I'm 290. But he is thicker this year than he was last year, and to me, he looks more like a defensive lineman. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited to see when we won't really get to see anything until the preseason. But I'm anxious to see has he improved his functional strength, right. um, and has he did he work on explosiveness, guys? They don't people don't realize that a guy can have a 29 30 inch vertical at the combine and really focus on you know that shows a lot of your twitch, quick twitch ability. Mm -hmm. And you'll see a guy, you know, later on jump 35 inches. They can add inches and explosiveness to their performance by specific training. And Alex Highsmith improved greatly from his rookie season to his second season. So I'm thinking that DeMarvin Leal, I'm hoping, has been working on that. And mm -hmm. if he has, 
I think he will be better prepared to spell uh, Ogunjobi or spell Hayward, uh, and, and because they really could use him, uh, because he he is a special player. He's not a great athlete, but he gets everything out of his ability. So I think if he can focus just on playing the defensive line, we could see a step up in year two. Oh, 100%. You know, when you focus on just one one skill and you can hone in on your craft, that, that, that in my opinion, increases or maximizes that player's ability to their ceiling. When they're having to be, you know, have to learn multiple positions and rely on multiple players, being in multiple spots, I think then that also kind of diminishes their ability to reach that level. And so for him to just kind of focus in on one position, especially early on in his career and just kind of hone in that crap, I think that would be good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I saw this in the chat and a a lot of people were saying this. Um, One person that I thought in came in in phenomenal shape was Jalen Warren. He looks extremely like jacked up. He's ready to go, ready to take on a bigger, like a bigger load or more responsibility. How much he's going to take is going to be, you know, obviously up to up to Najee. You know, he's going to get as many carries as he wants or as many touches as he wants. Um, but when it comes to Jalen Warren, I really like having that two headed monster. It's just, it's going to extend Najee into the, you know, hopefully where we want to go is the postseason. So it'll extend his performance going on that direction and his health and and the tread on the tire, so to speak. Um, and, and, you know, and Jalen Warren really did come out as a really versatile back last year, you know, both with his legs and his hands. I'm excited about him and underratedly was his pass blocking abilities as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, how, how excited are you for that d- dynamic duo Najee Harris and Jalen Warren for this upcoming tra- uh, training camp? Well, they've, there's been a lot of talk about the Steelers trying to get them out there at the same time. Oh, nice. Um, and you know, that would be, that would throw a new wrinkle because they're both very versatile. They both are excellent receivers. They're both can block. Uh, you don't want them blocking in the hole, but I mean, pass blocking. Yeah. Um, so I just think Warren, even though he's thicker, he really got jacked up this offseason. but he seems like his quickness is still there. Just watching the drills at OTAs. Um, I thought Harris looked thick. Uh, not in a good way. I know it's <laughs> OTAs and it's early and he, he'll, you know, he could cut that little bit of weight before uh, training camp. But Le'Veon Bell said in an interview last week that he thought Harris should drop a little weight. Now, I don't know if he seen the same OTA shots that I seen that we all seen on Twitter. But right. if you look at Harrison, he's thicker than he was last year. Yeah. Uh, and it might just be, you know, he's he's comfortable. He realizes there's a few weeks, and then he's going to really drop that last little bit of weight right before camp. Uh, whatever is best for his body, he knows his body right. um, and where he needs to be because he realizes his rookie year, he just got abused. I mean, he was getting hit in the backfield and dragging two guys for two and three yard runs. Those 1,000 and 1,100 yards he had or 1,200 was about as impressive as anything I'd ever seen behind that line, which was atrocious. Now he's got a line in front of him that could be top 10 unit in the NFL, especially once they gel, because that's how talent, much talent they have on that offensive line. 
it should be for great situation for Harris and Warren. And I'm really excited to see what he can do behind this line. Now, I understand they're wanting to do more power football, you know, big boy football. But mm-hmm. I still think if he plays a little lighter, that I think it, he will be able to be a little quicker. Right. And as we've seen, once he got healthy in that second half last year, he was bouncing some stuff outside and getting around the edge. And when he can get outside, he can use that stiff arm. And he's got a devastating stiff arm. But it's much harder to stiff arm a defensive tackle on the interior, obviously. Right. So um, I would, I would, I'm really excited to see what he's, what weight he comes to training camp at, because I think that between Harris and Warren, this this running game could easily put up two thousand yards this year. Oh, I think so too. I mean, especially with the improvements, like you mentioned, to the offensive line, and and that stiff arm, of course. I mean, you know, my favorite one is when he put Miles Garrett on the ground last year at the end of the season, yes, at the last yes. game. That was a good one. <laughs> and you know, like like the first half of this episode, we're gonna stiff arm it into the ground as well. <laughs> if you're on the YouTube side, don't go anywhere. On the audio side, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, just a couple of uh, sponsors. With that being said, don't go in. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And welcome back, everybody, to the Steelers Hangover. We're talking about OTA observations. We're talking about Steelers news. But before we get into the the show again, I want to remind you guys, if you guys aren't watching uh, the other shows that come on later on this week, like, for instance, tomorrow's Big Brosco show, and then you have... On Wednesday, the curtain call with yourself and and Jeffrey Benedict. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. And then on Thursdays, there's the preview. That's the flagship. Fridays, you have the homies. 
And on Saturdays, what do we got Saturdays? We don't got anything Saturdays, right? I don't think so. Not on YouTube side. Not right now. Now on Sundays though, we got the Q and yeah. A show mm-hmm. where you you'll see uh, Kyle Kreis and Coach T. Yeah, you get to ask your your ask and answer <laughs> your questions. <laughs> you don't want to miss it. And on the audio side only, guys, I have an audio podcast that comes out on Saturday uh, for Steel Curtain Network. It's called State of the Steelers. You can check that out on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. Just search up Steel Curtain Network. And if you're on the Apple side. Give us a five-star review. We'd appreciate that. And so <clears throat> I want to ask you a question. What are your thoughts on Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach? Well, honestly, when Pat Meyer came in, I was not familiar with it. Because since Mike Munchak left, we've all missed Mike. And I was like hoping that if they was even talking about him maybe coming back at one point. And he did great, you know, with what he had. And he put – a guy like Ramon Foster, he took guys like that and made it. The Steelers had a, one of the top lines in the league during his team. And, of course, then it's went downhill. They got the, Those guys got old. Meyer come in, and they said he was a good fit for Matt Canada's offense. Well, mm-hmm. I've not been a Matt Canada fan, so I was concerned. But Meyer has done a wonderful job. I love his aggressiveness. He's not a, a – a, in a phone book kind of guy. I mean, in a phone booth, you know, blocking as far as just dominate that guy in front of you. With his own concepts, he also adds, he wants his lineman to make first contact. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not being reactionary. They're being aggressive. And and I love that. And it, it took a while for the guys to jail last year. Like James Daniels, you know, we're like, man, this is the guy that, he didn't look nothing like I expected him to in the preseason. But uh-huh. early in the season, man, when he when he got that rhythm down and started working with Cole and, and a core for you seen what we thought we were getting. So yeah. I love Meyer's schemes. Now he has even more talent to run it. I heard somebody the other day wrote that Somalu is not the athlete that everybody is probably expecting. Mm-hmm. as far as his pure athleticism and he's not a mauler he's not just going to just dominate a guy physically but he is the most Kelsey uh, Jason Kelsey said that he was the smartest player he'd ever played with and you know Kelsey's the all pro center for the Eagles and right. he said that, that the Steelers were getting a steal no pun intended <laughs> and because Somalu is so intelligent he's so fundamentally sound He's going to be such a benefit to Mason Cole and to whoever's playing left tackle, whether it be Dan Moore Jr. or Broderick Jones. Last year, there was times that Dotson just didn't know his assignment. He just blew it. He whiffed. Mm-hmm. And, and two of the times that Pickett got hurt was on plays that he just totally missed his block. Like he didn't know what the assignment was. Some of that is focused. Some, you know, we know that Somalu is very intelligent and very detail-oriented. And so I think there's going to be a huge upgrade there. And so, therefore, I think Pat Meyer's system is going to look even better in year two. I agree. I agree. I look forward to what he's going to be able to bring out, and and I look forward to what he's going to be able to do with the talent. The reason I ask you is Mike Munchak, and you brought him up earlier, um, 
he was interviewed um, over the weekend and he stated that he wants to come back into coaching. He talked you know, highly about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he was also the running game coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers when he was the offensive line coach for the Steelers. Do you think that if he wanted to come back, the Steelers could make room for him? Is there room for him under a Pat Meyer, you know, offensive line coached team? Um, or, you know, do you could see the Steelers utilizing his skills in other positions? Um, you know, or do you think that's just something that that ship has sailed? You know, it was great for what he brought the city of Pittsburgh and the, you know, the, the football team, but. You know, that's in the past. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think it would really be fair to Pat Meyer. The main reason why is because Munchak is a legend. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He He's revered around Pittsburgh because of, you know, what a great coach he was and those lines that he helped assemble. If you bring him in, even as an assistant at this point, he he would you know he would have a lot of knowledge and information and uh, to bring and he could really be an asset. But people's always if the Steelers have a great running game, the people's are going to be like, well, Munchak's back and look what you know, and that would take away from everything that Myers has installed and built with this team right now. If say the running game the line doesn't gel at first and they start struggling, it'd be like Myers the bum. You got to get rid of him. Bring Munchak in. You have to be careful who you put behind. It's the same thing with a quarterback. If you've got a, a, a starting quarterback is a little bit in limbo, the last thing he needs is an established backup. Who, because as soon as he starts struggling the slightest little bit, they're everybody's going to be screaming for the backup. So I right. think that Munchak he did what was best for him and his family at the time, and he went to Denver to be closer to his daughter and her family, if I remember right, and and. You know, and I hated to see him leave, but I just don't think with Meyer establishing himself and all the improvement that we saw out of the running game last year, I don't think it would be fair to him to bring in a guy that he's always going to have people looking over his shoulder at uh, because of how much they love and respect Mike Munchak. Let's learn to love and respect Pat Meyer. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, it, it begs the question: Is there going to be too many? Uh, chefs in the kitchen, so to speak, especially two guys that are, you know, coaching the same position, so to speak. And you, you would expect to coach the same position. And, you know, if if my if Mike Munchak was the running game coordinator, as we all assume that he was, I think the running game is doing well right now. Yeah. You know, I know it, I know it struggled a little bit last season and the early on, but a lot of that had to do with, you know, the chemistry of the offensive line coming together, Najee Harris being injured, having to get healthy and things like that. And and then you had what was going on with the quarterback position. You had Mitch Trubisky, then switch over to Kenny Pickett, a running, I mean, a rookie quarterback. You know, off, defenses were going to be honing on the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers were probably going to try to run the ball and control the ball mm -hmm. in that manner. And so it was kind of like, you know, banging your head against a brick wall at some parts of the year last year. But, you know, as the year progressed, the I think that became the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I really like where it's going. And I don't really think that, you know, it should be blown up or messed up or by putting in somebody who, you know, like I said, is he's a Hall of Fame you know, coach, he's a, um, a guy that brought a lot of success to the city and to the team while he was, you know, a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, at a certain time, um, you know, everything has its time and everything 
yep. you know, ends and then comes time for a new time. And I, I like where the Steelers are going. You know, there, there's also the thought that the Steelers do not like a, or Mike Tomlin at least, does not like having a large coaching staff. And so I don't really see them doubling up in a position where I think that they're happy at. You know what I'm saying? I think maybe perhaps is there room to bring in other other coaches? Maybe perhaps, but I'm not sure if the offensive line is going to be the uh, the spot for it. Uh, One quick ahead. observation. When Munchak, he had Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro to build around. Right. Two first-round selections. One guy, borderline Hall of Famer, might be a Hall of Famer eventually and Pouncey. And a guy who, would, if he had played longer, I think had a chance to be a Hall of Famer and DeCastro. Mm-hmm. He had, for the large portion of that time, he had Le'Veon Bell, who was a special running back. And I know Le'Veon Bell off the field and, and his antics and the things that happened that, you know, when why he's not no longer in Pittsburgh. But on the field, Le'Veon Bell was a special talent. And his running style was such that whatever that offensive line, their strengths were, as long as they held their blocks, he would hesitate. He had a flow. He, he, he was a unique runner. And that he would find a hole late into the play, you know, even if it didn't develop at first. And he would cut back. He would jump cut. You know, he. So, yes, there was a lot of success there, but we had a Hall of Fame quarterback. You had a Hall of Fame running back. Well, if he stayed with Pittsburgh, yeah. Same thing with Antonio Brown and, and, you know. So, if you look at the talent that Munchak had to work with. And the talent that Pat Meyer is working with right now, Pat Meyer has talent, but it hasn't, it hasn't, it isn't proven production yet. Right. And I thought that Myers did a great job last year without all that talent that Munchak had during his tenure. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, that we really need to give Myers a chance uh, to show what he could do and build off last season. And, I understand. I want to munchak back too, but now I think that that's passed, and we need to really focus on Meyer. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I agree with you. You know, and like I said, you know, or like you said there, I echo almost everything that you've stated. It, it, it's. It would make. Well, I guess the only thing that I guess would really, you know, um, puts my, my uh, Munchak on a on a pedestal, so to speak, is what he was able to do with it, with it Villanueva and with a Ramon Foster, both guys that were undrafted, mm-hmm. guys that were raw and that they had a form. He had a form and mold. But you're right. He had a lot of talent around those two guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the talent that's there. And the Steelers, like you mentioned before, there's potential, which is Jeff Hartman's favorite word, potential. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just not there yet. We got to see what happens to it. Now, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell had an interview with some pretty uh, interesting comments. He talked about his, um, you know, departure for the Pittsburgh Steelers, talked about, you know, perhaps maybe coming back, signing a one-day contract and, and you know, retiring as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but also talked about holding off to see if maybe perhaps somebody will give him another opportunity to play in the league again. Um, I, for one, think that that ship has sailed. Do you think that, you know, how do you think Steeler Nation would – 
um, take in the thought of Le'Veon Bell retiring a Steeler. I know his antics weren't as bad as what Antonio Brown, you know, was in his departure. Um, do you think that there's a, there's a time or do you think that time is, you know, could be now for a Le'Veon Bell, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers a homecoming, so to speak, with him retiring as a member of the Steelers and, and Steelers Nation being okay with that? I agree. I think Le'Veon Bell, his playing days are through. Uh, for a running back with such a short shelf life, very few running backs have ever stepped away for a full season mm-hmm. and and not deteriorate their their game because it's just it's so running back position is so instinctual. And when and you lose that, it, it's um so stepping away for a year was a disastrous decision. Uh, any money he might have got extra in that guaranteed part, he cost him big time in longevity, uh, legacy. I said it when he was doing it that it was insane. His mama twice came out and said, take the money, dummy. I mean, she was like, what are you doing? You're my son. How stupid are you? Well, yeah. now we find out he was smoking weed before games. So, uh, you know, there's a reason he lost some brain cells. There's no no doubt. But uh, I think that the way he left, um, I still think he might have cost the stores the Super Bowl opportunity. I wholeheartedly believe that. Uh, Because I think then Brown become even more a focal point. And then when Juju stole some of his luster, that's when he really, the crazy started to show. Even more, you know. And so I think that, that Bell was a big reason that Brown did what he did. So mm-hmm. I think that, that there is always forgiveness. Uh, he's trying to say the right things now. If he comes back and for a one-day contract and retires the Stiller, I think that, that eventually people will kind of embrace him again. Mm-hmm. Because in all honesty, he was wonderful to watch. Yeah. I, I just so enjoyed watching his running style. Uh, what a great receiver he was. He, he was just he was just really a truly a great player and the best running back at the league at his prime, at the, the high point of his ability. So um, time heals a lot of wounds. So I do see a day that he will probably uh, sign that one-day contract and retire still. You know, I, I – I... I think that he is not in the same boat as Antonio Brown. Now, Antonio Brown had brought up some things about retiring a Steeler too, and mm. all these things. And it just so happened to be that that weekend he had a concert that he was doing in Pittsburgh and he was trying to get more people to come to his show, you know, kind of like what he did here recently with the arena football league. I don't know if you saw that. I guess he owns the uh, Albany empire and something he, like uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to come out and play this past weekend. It was a no show bunch of people bought tickets to go watch him, things of that nature. You know, when it comes to Antonio Brown, I'm a little bit more um, cautious about his mo- motivations when he yep. says he wants to do something. <laughs> you know, with Le'Veon Bell on the other side of that foot, you know, I think that, you know, him coming back to retire as a Steeler, it, it, I'm okay with that. I, I wouldn't want to put him in the backfield. I know there's a lot of talk about that third running back position, but Le'Veon Bell is not going to play special teams. No. And, th- and you need somebody back there to play special teams as your third um, running back. 
So for him to, you know, step away and maybe step away as a Steeler, I would like that. Do you think that had he come to his senses 2018, extend himself or, or sign the contract that they had offered him, do you think he'd be a, a, a Hall of Fame running back right now? Or maybe not right now, but, you know, up for the yeah. Hall of Fame when he retires? Oh, I, I see no reason why he couldn't have kept putting out those 1,000-yard rushing seasons and 600-yard receiving seasons. And he was just such a focal point of that offense. And right. it made everybody – it made Ben's job easier. It made Antonio Brown's job easier. Again, they made the offensive line better. I mean, you see Bell on the wave when he went to Baltimore was not the same player because mm-hmm. they expected him to win one-on-one. And a lot of times in Pittsburgh, it was just hold your block and stay on your block and Bell will find a hole. And even uh, Connor did that. James Connor yeah. uh, run a little bit similar because when he tried to just hit a hole, they, you know, we're going to ask the line to create a hole and you're going to hit this gap. They couldn't do it. That was not their blocking style. Mm-hmm. That's why they was able to build around Pouncey and DeCastro because the other guys, they had limited responsibilities uh, because of the talent they had behind them. So, yeah, I think that um, Bell would have continued on and had a real shot because at the pace he was going, he was going to put up Hall of Fame numbers in three more seasons. Well, he sets out a whole year, misses that. Then he goes to a bad Jets team, which I don't know what he was thinking. He was thinking money, not legacy. I said say, that, yeah. yeah. It was money, not legacy. <laughs> and, you know, in the long run, if you're a legend in Pittsburgh, you know this as well as I do. There's appearance fees, there's signings, there's commercials. There's He would have had all that. And in the long run, he'd have made more money. Yeah. You know, it, it his name would be worth more. Now he's trying to fight. You know, he's trying to do these these uh, celebrity boxing matches and stuff and fighting uh, uh, Adrian Peterson, you know. And give yeah. him credit, he didn't knock him out. But I just think that he, he even he said, he admits he made a bad mistake. Yeah, he definitely did. He, he, he regrets that decision that he had made. And, you know, I think that he ended up getting like more guaranteed money overall. But had he stayed with the Steelers, even though that that first year was the only thing that was guaranteed, you know, as long as he didn't like, you know, get get tremendously hurt. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers were going to have him finish out majority of that contract and he would have surpassed any of the money that he was guaranteed to have made. Oh, yeah. With the New York Jets, not to mention if you also count in that money that he lost the year he decided to take a step away from the game, yeah. that cost him fourteen million just on its own. And so when he decided to come back, I think he was trying to he was chasing after the money he lost, and that's never mm-hmm. a good plan. And so you know he should have listened to the many many people that were in his mama. Circle. Mama, Mama telling him to just sign <laughs> and not, and maybe that's the time. Maybe that's why Lamar Jackson is listening to his mama over an agent. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I think that if he would have stayed as well, I think that he would have been probably considered a possible hall of fame running back. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nobody can, you know, predict what would have happened. You know, the, the amount of uh where that he was taking under the, you know, as a member of the Steelers was incredible. You know, they were riding him to a nub, you know, um, Tomlin didn't care. He was the, the uh, cowbell 
uh, running back and they were going to use him. Uh, but, you know, had he not gotten injured and he was, you know, on the pace that he was, I think he would have been a um, definitely would have been in consideration for Hall of Famer when he would have hung up his cleats. But, you know, things change and you know, maybe one day he will be able to retire Steelers and, you know, steal a member of the Steelers and come back and go to Acreshore and, and the whole nine yards. Um, one last thing before we end the show, and I want to get your thoughts on it, is there's been a lot of uh, rumors spewing around the AFC North uh, since DeAndre Hopkins was released that he may be finding his way onto a team that the Steelers may be facing twice a year. And that being, I think that the uh, the odds right now are with the Cleveland Browns. If, if DeAndre Hopkins ends up signing with the Cleveland Browns, does that bring you any worry? Are you concerned about that? you know, potential uh, meet back up in, in Cleveland for them too, for, for Sean Watson and Hopkins. Uh, I, I, for one, am not too threatened by them at all, but what are your thoughts on that possibility? No, I'm, I'm not concerned uh, about DeAndre Hopkins at all. What I seen watching him last year, I said, man, he's lost a step. Right. And he was never a blazer. You know, he wasn't a four four guy ever. But he's great body control, length, great hands, you know, great route runner, catches everything. So he's the kind of guy that can lose a step and still be a really good player. And I think he is still a really good player. But does he worry me? Is he dominant? No. If he goes to Baltimore Ravens playing in that offense, he got a block a lot. And he's got a quarterback. <laughs> and, you know, he don't throw the ball great. Right. Uh I think that would be a terrible – I don't know why he put the Ravens on his list of teams because right, I think that's a terrible match for him. Uh, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, it makes sense because he has played with Watson. But, you know, he left. He wanted to leave. Uh, he didn't like Houston, but he also left Watson. And right. Watson hasn't really played much in three years now. Mm-hmm. And what he did play last year, he didn't worry me. And he still don't worry me. So if, if he plays for Cleveland, that doesn't worry me. The only team he could go for in the division that would worry me is the Bengals. But the Bengals already go three deep. So yeah, they sure. don't want him. And I don't want the Steelers to get him for sure. Because, again, I think he's on the backside, the downside of his career. And I think he's lost the step. So, no, I'm not losing any sleep over uh, Hopkins at all. Yeah, neither am I. And I, I – I echo what you say about him joining the Steelers. I think the Steelers, if, if anything, need a burner. You know, I know yeah. they have Calvin Austin, and and he's a guy that, you know, we're we're hoping there's that dreaded potential P word again. We're hoping that he can, you know, turn that potential into something. But right now, you know, with what's been proven that's on the Steelers are a lot of guys that can jump up and catch cont- contested balls. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you have a, um, a well, you have a DJ there who can get open. Uh, he's not the fastest guy. It's more his route running ability, yeah. but he's not a guy that's going to get you a lot of yards after catch. You know, yeah. a lot, you know, maybe Pickens could possibly be that guy if if they give him an opportunity to to run with the ball. You know, if they put the ball out in front of him for him to run after the catch, that's a possibility. Yeah. But for the most part, the Steelers don't have that that burner. And you know, I think that. You know, bringing in a D-hop, a guy that's, you know, up there in age, a guy there that is probably lost a step, like you mentioned, is going to have to have some more of that, you know, those contested ball throws. Um, 
that's kind of what the Steelers already have. And I think yeah. they need somebody that can open it up a little bit and open up the top. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about Calvin Austin being that guy. I'm excited for George Pickens getting more than just go routes, you know, seeing what he's able to do as well. Uh, I'm excited for the season. I really am. Uh, but I've go actually got an article that I think will be posted tomorrow about mm-hmm. our wide receiver position. And it's funny, a lot of the things you just said is things that I covered in the article <laughs> because I'm just taking a way too early look at what I think the depth chart's going to look like. Now, right. a lot of things could change, injury, they could bring in somebody else, or somebody really surprises at training camp and during the preseason. But I made some observations about the top six guys and who I think will be on the depth chart. And so be sure to check that article out. But everything you said fits perfectly with that article. Nice, nice. Well, I look forward to to reading it and, and seeing my credit put in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have any final words for everybody before we let them go there, Shannon? No, just thanks for tuning in. And, and uh, we're just really thankful and appreciative that, uh, we get to sit here and talk still or football with everybody and people want to listen and um, uh, just love the Steelers, love America, and everybody have a happy Memorial Day. Amen to that. Have a happy Memorial Day. We're another day closer to, to the second week of OTAs, another day closer to training camp, which is another day closer to the season. With that being said, uh, Shannon, take us out. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.